We're going to start this morning with a pasuk in Zechariah. The pasuk says, Ko amar Adonai tsevaot. This is what Hashem says. Tzom harevi'i. Tzom harevi'i is referring to which verse? Shiva Asar Betamuz. Tzom hamishi is Tisha'a Be'av. The fourth month is Tamuz. It's called Tzom harevi'i Shiva Asar Betamuz because it's the fourth month. Soma Hamishi is Tishabi'af, the first of the fifth month. Soma Shivyei is Som Gedaliah. Soma Asiri, the tenth month, is Asara Betevet. These are the four fasts that we have, basically, as a result of the Galut that we're in, the exile that we're in. Yihiyeh Lebet Yehuda says, the Navi Zechariah, that these days of fast will be for the Jewish people, Bet Yehuda, Lesason Ulsimha. Means one day there will be days of happiness. Will Mu'adim Tovim. And there will be holidays. Veha Emet, Veha Shalom Ehavu. The Mabim says, on one condition. The condition is that Am Yisrael has to love, has to fall in love with two things. Ha-emet, you have to fall in love with emet. Ve-ha-shalom, and you have to fall in love with peace. If that is fulfilled, then the Nebu'ah of Zechariah can actually come into reality. So there's a Midrash. There's many, many statements of Hazal about the greatness of Shalom. Just a few. I brought here number two, if you have a sheet. The Midrash says, Gadol Shalom. Great is peace. Shelo bara hakadosh baruchu midayafa kemo ashalom. Hashem didn't create in all of his creation, he didn't create a fine measurement or fine vessel like shalom. Gadola shalom says the Midrash. You know how great shalom is? That when Hashem wanted to give good news to Abraham Avinu, he gave him the news of Shalom, like it says, He told him, and you, you're going to go to your father's Shalom. That was the Berachat that Hashem chose for Abraham Avinu. And continues at Midrash, I'm not going to say all of them. It says, by Yaakov Avinu, that when he prayed to Hashem to help him, it says, Veshafti Beshalom El Bet Avi. That was his request. That he would come back to his family, Beshalom. Gadola Shalom, says the Midrash. Great is Shalom. Great is peace in a person's life. That great act of Pinehas, the courageous act of Pinehas. 
What was that? What did Hashem have to give him? What was the big blessing that he blessed him with? Like it says, Lachen Emor, right? He told him, I'm giving him my covenant of shalom. That was the great blessing that Hashem had ready for Pinehas for his great act. Number three, if you look on the sheet, it says in the last Mishnah and Shas, Lo Hakadosh Baruch Hu Keli. There isn't a vessel that is able to hold tova, good, all the good in the world, but the vessel of shalom in all areas of life. Shalom is the key to holding berachot. Shalom in the home. Shalom with our friends. Shalom in our business. Shalom with every area of our lives. There's nothing greater that Hashem found that will bring tovah. Who doesn't want to have tovah? Everybody lives life from the morning. They wake up. They want good. They want tov. They want to hear good news. They want to be involved in good things. They want good for themselves. They want good for their children. They want good for their present. They want good for their future. There's nobody that doesn't want Tob. But says the Mishnah in Masechet Oksin that the Keli, Lomata, Lomata means Hashem looked in all of the things that he made, or maybe even things he didn't make. Lomata, but he couldn't find. He couldn't find a vessel. If Hashem couldn't find something, then it's not around. He couldn't find anything that would bring tova, that would bring good to a person's life, then shalom. Could you imagine? That's, a, that's an astounding statement. The word lo matzah kadosh baruch is a very, very big statement. Hashem couldn't, can't find something. Hashem couldn't find a way to bring tov, to bring good in people's lives, unless there is a vehicle called shalom means if you don't have shalom, Hashem can help you. That's what it means. You could pray all day long, Hashem, send me tovah, send me tovah, please give me good, I need good. You could be the finest person, you could do a lot of mitzvot, you could be everything that you need to be. But Hashem says, I can't find, I can't give it to you. Lo matzah, it's not possible. You don't have shalom in your life, you're going to be missing tov in your life. Simple. Says, Hachamim tell us, Gadola Shalom, great is Shalom. That Birkat Kohanim, after we bless the Jewish people and we give them the Kohanim do, all the beautiful Berachot that the Kohanim give us. We should study one day the, the beautiful words of the Berachot of Birkat Kohanim. Each one is a beautiful word that has a tremendous amount of meaning and wealth. But what's the end? What is the last thing? That, right? It says, that, that, that is the final. The Makeba Patish, the last shot. We have in Arbit, Hashkivenu Avinu Le Shalom. Every time we finish the Amidah, we say, Sim Shalom. 
after we finished everything, you know, it's interesting. The Amidah has three parts, as you all know. The first three Berachot are praising Hashem. The end of the Amidah is thanking Hashem. That's why we bow down in Modim. That's the Hatov Shumcha Uchana Elehodot. We bow down. It's thanking Hashem. The middle Berachot, the middle 13 Berachot, are asking for our needs. It's so odd. You start with praise. You start asking for your need. You go into thanking Hashem. And then you go back to Sim Shalom. Sim Shalom is saying, Hashem, please give me Shalom in my life. That seemingly should be part of the request. You want to make it the last one of the requests? So you can. But why is it after Hoda'ah? We all know. Three parts Ramidah, but this seems this seems to be a, a contradictory to that. You're, you're seeing a request at the end of the Amidah. So one of the answers could be, by the way, this is a separate uh, discussion, not for today, that when a person has a time in his life where he is thanking Hashem, something good happened to a person, something extra good happens, he feels. He feels mizmor letoda. He feels a, a, a great reason, a great feeling of thanks to Hashem. He should know it's a great opportunity to pray for something. When, when you feel grateful, it's a great time to pray, to ask. That's why when you say modim, are you thanking Hashem? Okay, ask for something. Any hoda'ah, any time you have, Thank you, Hashem. You feel gratitude. It's a great opportunity to pray, to ask something. So that could be a reason. But perhaps another reason is that what we're trying to say really is we put Shalom in its own league. And we're saying, listen, you see, you see this Amida? It's a beautiful Amida you just had. You just praised Hashem. Let's say you prayed the right way. And you said every word and you understood every word and you were focused on every word. You had a nice Amida. From beginning to end, it'd be a, it's a beautiful trip to Amida if we have for focus. So you start and you praise Hashem and you're really internalizing all that. And then you ask for every one of your needs. And then you're thanking Hashem. Beautiful. What a, what a Amida. But Sim Shalom is telling you, the last Berachah, the reason why it's in the end, that you could be successful in everything you just did. You had the tremendous praise and you ask, you have Bitahon in Hashem. You, you, you trust in Hashem, you thank Hashem, you're a grateful person. All the beautiful things that we only wish that we have them complete. Les Berachas, listen, you could have everything in the Amidah and you could have it perfectly. But if you don't have Shalom, you have nothing. So it's right there in the end. This is me, everything. Hashem says, okay, you know what? I'm going to answer you. I'm going to give you Da'at. I'm going to give you... What, what do you want? Refuah, I'm going to give you beracha. I'm going to give you everything. You had a successful Amida. Hashem says, I'm giving everything to you. But if you don't have shalom, it's not worth it. It's not worth anything. All the things that he gives you won't be worth. So it's in a league on its own. That's why we end the Amida. Shalom. shalom is the way we end off. Not only our Amida, we end off our every time. 
We say Birkat Amazon or say Shalom Bimromah. The way we greet each other. As a Jew, we don't greet each other by saying hello. And unfortunately, we, we, that's what we get used to. Hello means I'm here. That's what hello means. What, what does hello mean? I don't, I'm not sure there's a deeper meaning to it. Maybe there is that I'm not aware of. Hi. Hi basically means I'm here. I say hi. But, but the uh, shalom is not a hello. When we greet a Jew, we don't say hello. Hello, We say shalom. Shalom means I bless you with shalom. Now from all the blessings that you could find to bless people whenever you meet them, the one that we choose is shalom. Shalom Aleichem. Shalom is a blessing. When we find the most critical blessing to bless another Jew. Look at number four. Yeshayahu and Navi, look at his words. He describes the creation of the Creator. He says, Yotzer Or, Hashem formed light, that's what we say now, it's Philod in the morning. Ubore Hoshech, and He created darkness. Ose Shalom, He makes Shalom, Ubore Ra. And he creates evil. Unbelievable. Look, look what he's doing here. He's comparing. What's the opposite of or? What's the opposite of light? Pasuk says dark. Yotzer or ubore hoshech. What's the opposite of shalom? Ose shalom. What's the opposite of shalom? Me, we would say the opposite of shalom is mahloket. Right? Doesn't say that. Ose shalom ubore ra. The opposite of shalom is ra. Ra is everything that we want to run away from in life. Ra is everything that's bad, everything that's evil, everything that is not where we want to be in anything that we do. So the opposite of shalom is not just mahloket. That would be giving, uh, uh, that would be an upgrade. For the opposite of shalom. The opposite of shalom is simply the worst thing you could have in this world is ra. It's worse than mahloket. It's called ra. That's why David Melech says in Tehillim, number five, Sur mera. Oh, Sur mera. Ah. You want to stay away from bed in life. You don't want ra in your life. You don't need it. Sur Simply it means you should stay away from Ra. But maybe there's a deeper meaning. You want Sur You want to stay away from Ra. And you want to be in Tov your whole life. You want that? Sur is asking. Sur Who doesn't want Sur who doesn't want to be in Tob and away from Ram? Says David Melech, I'll tell you how to do it. Bakesh Shalom verotvehu. Bakesh Shalom means you have to search for Shalom and you have to chase it. Very interesting uh, words. It doesn't say uh, have Shalom in your life. Bakesh Shalom. When you look, when you look for things, it means. 
that they're not so easily found. What David, what David Amalek is telling you is that shalom is not so easy to find. You have to look for it. You have to think about how to get it. Rotfehu means you have to chase it, which means that by nature, shalom is not the norm. It's not the norm of a marriage. Shalom is not the norm. Never ask what went wrong. Nothing has to go wrong. When it goes the normal way, there's no shalom. When relationships, when partnerships in business don't go right, don't say what happened. Nothing happened. The norm. Two people get together, they're going to end up fighting. One way or another. Either they fight externally or they fight internally or it's all types of different ways to fight. There's nothing that has to go wrong in life to live without shalom. That's a very important principle. People think that the norm of relationships should be great. It should be shalom. When things go wrong, then what happened? Now you got to fix the problem. That whole mindset is a corrupt mindset that is not true and causes all the problems. Because we, when you think everything is great, so you obviously don't do anything to make sure that it's great. Says David Melech, just know the default setting on all relationships, all human relationships, marriage, your children, your parents, your partners, your friends, your community, the default setting on all human relationships is that it's anti-shalom. It's against shalom. And for obvious reasons, we're all individuals and we all have, we may share a lot of similarity, but how many differences between me and you can make a fight between us? Only one. So while we have many similarities, each and every person has his own individual things that he likes. It's a reality of life. There's never going to be a person that's going to be exactly like you. Never. So therefore, there's going to be a difference. It only takes one difference to fight with somebody. You don't have to be different on, on, on all levels. So the default setting in every relationship is anti-shalom. You must know that. See a married couple, they're about to get married or they just got married. Say, you have any advice to me? Yes, your marriage is about to be destroyed. So, wow, what a thank you. This is a Hazako Baruch. I appreciate that. Anything else? Could you imagine you'd say that? You would look like a really sadistic person when you say that. Isn't it better to be optimistic? It's good to be optimistic, but it's not good to live in, in a world of illusion. When you live in the illusion, so you end up getting hurt. The reality is the best way to live. Knowing that relationships are supposed to be the opposite of shalom is going to help you. And that's why David Amel says, don't be foolish. Don't be fooled. Bakesh shalom verotfehu. Number one, you have to look for ways to make shalom in your marriage. You have to actually think, how am I going to achieve shalom? It's not going to come to you. Bakesh, bakesh means you have to look in different spots, in different corners, different ideas. What can I do differently? What do I have to do now? 
maybe I should change what I do this way. Maybe I should be home a little earlier. Maybe I should comment a little different. Maybe I don't know what each person has to do. But bakesh means there's no easy solution and you have to look for it. That's number one in any relationship. Bakesh. And even when you found it, even you found it. Okay, now you found it. You found the solution. You looked for it. That is it. This is going to bring shalom into my life. Now, he says, you should know it's going to run away from you. Which means that it's not going to be so easy to reach. The other side is going to make it not so easy for your plan to actually work. You have a beautiful plan, a grand plan. And as you put it into practice, the other side is not really taking to it like you want. You have to chase it. Unbelievable words. Shalom is not so, it's not so simple for a person to reach. But shalom is the key blessing that we can give any person in their life. Because shalom equals tov. And the opposite of shalom equals ra. It's one and the same. They're brothers and sisters. Pirkei Avot, famous words of Pirkei Avot. It says, Hillel says, You should be from the students of Aaron. Which means you should learn from his ways. Look up to him and say, I want to be like that. Oef shalom verodef shalom. He loved peace. First, first, look at the words, by the way. Oef shalom verodef shalom. Means before you can pursue peace, you have to first appreciate it. That's why we're learning today all these things. I'm not trying just to occupy your time. When you learn about how great shalom is, so the goal is to develop an ahava for it, to develop such a love for it that there's nothing you wouldn't do that you would reach it. So he says, Oev shalom, he loves shalom, verodev shalom. You have to love and appreciate the value of shalom and then you can run after it. Right. He loved people and he brought them closer to the truth and to the Torah. Okay. There's a great value in life. And in truth, if we had the time, we would spend a lot more time on this subject of shalom. But I think we have an idea already of how critical shalom is in our lives. Now we move on to something else in the Torah that's very critical. It's called emet. Emet, emet means the truth, emet means the right thing. How important is emet? So, the Pasuk says in number 10, Pasuk says in Shemot, Torah commands us, Middevar sheker tirhak. From falsehood, now falsehood doesn't mean like, you know, lying. That's one type of falsehood. But falsehood, has many, many, many fingers, many arms. Falsehood could be living a life of falsehood. Falsehood means ideals of falsehood. You could wake up in a false way. How can a guy, can a guy wake up in falsehood? Yeah. If you wake up for the wrong reason, it's sheker. If you do things in life, even if they seem to be good, but they're not true, they're sheker. So falsehood doesn't mean only lying. Falsehood means you live something that isn't reality. Emet means it's real. Sheker means it's an illusion. Like a person who goes out on one date and falls in love. 
right? That's called shekin. That's not real. That's not ahava. That's not love. So that's called an illusion. You don't really love the person, but you feel like you love the person. That's called sheker. There's a lot of sheker in this world. A lot of sheker. A person who lives their life, for example, to amass wealth. That's their life mission. They just want to make more money. You know what that is? That's called sheker. That means you wake up every day and you live your life as sheker life. There's nothing wrong with money. Actually, money is a good thing. So long as it's a vehicle for something. But if your life mission is just to be in the Forbes magazine, somewhere, the top, somewhere, top 100, or 100,000, or 100 million. If your life mission is to have more money, so then you're living sheker. That's your life. Again, nothing wrong with money per se, but it's not an ideal of life to be looking to amass that. That's not what we're here for. And many, many things, you could start filling up many pages and many, many books probably of all the different sheker that exists in the world. Says the Torah, by the way, by the way, the letters of sheker and emet, they hint to how Sheker is an illusion and how emet is real. Because, right, many of you know that the words, the word emet is aleph mem tav. Aleph has two legs. If you look at aleph, it's got a leg on the right and a leg on the left. And a mem has got a whole bottom that holds it up. Tav has two legs. But if you look at sheker, shin kufresh, shin comes to a point, can't stand on its own. Sheker comes to a point. Kuf can't stand on its own. And Resh also can't stand on its own. The letters of Sheker are letters that show that has no standing. It's all, it's nonsense. You're just going through illusions. It's there, but it has no way to exist and to stand. Emet is real. Sheker is nonsense. Now, says the Torah, Middeva Sheker Tirhat. Be careful. Says the Hinuch. The Sefer HaHinuch writes on this pasuk. He says, you see, usually in the Torah says, don't do something. Don't eat this. Don't do, Lot don't do this work. This is a very odd pasuk. Torah doesn't say, don't live sheker. Don't speak sheker. doesn't say that. It says, middevar sheker, from sheker, tirhak. Tirhak means, stay away. It doesn't say, stay away from not kosher. doesn't say stay away from Hamid. doesn't say stay away from Abu Dazara. doesn't say stay away. doesn't say the word Tirhat. It says don't do it. But when it comes to Sheker, Torah doesn't say just don't be involved in Sheker. Keep your distance because this is the biggest abomination in life is Sheker. So you got to stay very far away from Shekin. David HaMelech in Tehilim, in number 11, if you have it, Adonai Hatzila Nafshi Misefat Shekin. He said, Hashem, please save me. Save my soul from Shekin. Gemara says, Masechet Shabbat, and we say this every day, Hotamo Shela Kadosh Baruch Hu Emet. When Hashem signs, if you would sign the letter, what would be his signature? Emet. Interesting. That's why we say, 
Where do we say this every day? Who knows? Where do we say every day? Oh, right. By Shema, we say, Adonai Elohechem Emet. Hashem's signature is Emet. Simply, Hashem is real. Emet means real. Sheker means not real. So the great, the most real thing there is in this world is the creator of the world. Even the world, with all its reality, is only his imagination. But the only thing that really exists is himself. So he's emet. He's the epitome of real, of something that actually exists. Okay, now we have a little bit of an understanding, a little bit, I say, of an understanding of emet and sheker, of shalom and ra. By the way, happens to be, there's a Midrash, I once maybe shared it with you, it's a, it's a very powerful idea, I don't fully grasp all of it, but even the little that I grasp, I see it's something special, I definitely shared it here with some of you, but it's now the parasha, so it's worth it, Hazal tell us that, as we know, there are 22 letters in the Aleph bet. If you go from Aleph to Taps, count them 22 letters. Hazal tell us, and again, I don't know the depth of this, much deeper than what I'm saying, so don't take it for uh, face value. Hazal said that when Hashem made the world, so he used as the, call it, uh, the, the way to build the world, the foundation of the world, every day he used three letters. Whatever that means. So you had a problem. Three letters. It's 22 letters. So seven times three is 21. So he says, the, the Hazal tell us, oh, he started, instead of starting with Aleph, started with Bet. As you open up, Bet Eshit, start with Bet. So instead of opening up with Aleph, he started with Bet. And Hazal say, because he started with Bet, basically the world is able to exist. Now what does that mean? What, what, what in the world does that mean? So, just uh, something very beautiful to keep in mind. Again, I don't know the full depth. I wish I did. I, you would appreciate it even more. But I think even, like I said, the little that I know, I will give over to you, you'll appreciate it. That in reality, something very interesting, that the number of Sheker in, is six. How do I know? Sheen Kofresh adds up to 600. If you take 600 and narrow it down, take all the extra zeros, six, that's the number of sheker. The number of emet is, emet, if you add it up, it's 441. Add up four, four, and one is nine. Nine and six. Six is sheker, just bear with me. Six is sheker, emet is nine. In reality, look at the world. Any word in the Hebrew language or any number which every word in Hebrew adds up to a number. Any number at the core of that number is always nine. How is every number in the world, again, every Hebrew word is a number also, how is every number in the world at the core foundation of the number is number nine? What does that mean? So I'm going to give you a number. Let's say you take the number, give me a number, 613. Good. 613, take 6, 1, and 3, what does it end up? 10. Yes? 
Good. Yeah, so what happens with that? T- listen, listen good. Write it down. Take 613 minus 10. What does it add up to? 603. 6 plus 3? 9. Take any number you want. Take, give me 200. 200. What's the total of 200? 2. 202. 200 minus 2 is how much? 198. 1, 9, and 8 is how much? 18. 8 and 1 is how much? 9. There you go. Give me another number. Take another number. There's no num- there is no number in the world like this. Any number that you choose from 1 till trillions, you can do this. Why is it like that? Say, say there you go. I told you my, 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 my ability to understand is limited. Now, Number nine is a very special number, as you see it at the core of every single number or Hebrew word that you can imagine. Also special about nine is that nine is the only number that no matter how many times you multiply it, it always comes back to nine. No matter how many times you multiply nine, it's nine. Nine times two is 18. 1 plus 8, 9. 9 times 7, how much is that? 63. No matter how many times you multiply 9, it's always 9. There's no number like that. The only number that way. No matter how many times you multiply, because emet is always emet. 9. Emet multiplied is emet. There's no such thing. Emet is always emet. Got it? You guys are with me? Did I lose you yet? Now, t- let's go back to the words of Hazal. They say, Hashem, instead of starting with Aleph, Bed, Gimel, He started with Bed, Gimel, Dalet. And the next day, instead of going with Dalet, Hey, Vav, He went with Hey, Vav, Zayn. Let's just take two days, because we're going to get confused. What's interesting about this words of Hazal is an amazing thing. What would happen... But let's see, no. When you add up bet, the first day was created with bet, gimel, dalet. Bet is two. Gimel is three. Dalet is four. You know what it adds up to? Nine. And if you add up the day two, it's five, six, and seven. You know what that adds up to? Five and six and seven is 18. One and eight is nine. And if you go to day three, what's day three? Eight, nine, and ten. You know what that adds up to? 27. 27, two and seven is nine. So if you go through all seven days, you're going to end up with the number nine. What would have happened if Hashem would have created the world with Aleph first? The first day would be Aleph Bet Gimel. You know what that is? Six. The next day would be Dalet He Vav. Dalet is 4, He is 5, 6, 15, 1 plus 5, 6. Let's go to the third day, what would be? It would be 7, 8, 9. 7, 8, 9 adds up to 24, 2 and 4, 6. Do all 7 days, it comes out to Sheker. If Hashem would have made it with Aleph, Bet Gimel, everything would be Sheker. Then Gimel Dalet, everything is Emmet. 
So now we got these two great concepts. Shalom, forget about it. There's no, nothing like shalom. Emet, there's nothing like emet. Problem is, what happens when emet and shalom collide? Meaning, what happens in situations in life where I have to choose one over the other? Do I choose shalom or do I choose emet? You understand the question. I see a lot of people here say shalom. And you're absolutely right. And, and but, but we can't say that without proofs. We have to bring a proof. But we have proofs. I brought it to you here. One proof is a, there's no bigger proof than this. There's no bigger proof than the creator himself. We know the famous story by Sarah and Abraham when when Sarah was told that she's going to have a baby at an old age, the word she said was, she says, it says, Sarah She in her, in her heart, she was like doubting or she was, uh, she was uh, not taking it as seriously, let's say, in her inside. She's after I withered. Now I'm going to have rejuvenation. The Adoni Zaken, and besides, my husband is an old man. Oh, when Hashem tells Abraham, why did Sarah not take this seriously? And she said, I'm going to give birth, and I'm an old lady. Hazal say, wait, she didn't say she's an old lady. She said, he's an old man. Why, when God told Abraham what, what Sarah said, he said she's an old lady? That's not what she said. So, oh, comes the Gemara in Baba Metziah and says, Gadol Shalom. You know how great Shalom is? That Afilu HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who's Emet. His whole essence is Emet. He changed the words of Sarah in order to leave Shalom. He didn't want Abraham to hear that his wife called him an old man, even though he was an old man. And even though they had a great marriage, and even though they've been married for so many years that what, what, what possible issue could come up? What marriage is sensitive. That's the nature of marriage. He didn't want that Abraham should hear that his wife called him an old man. So what did Hashem do? He changed it. Hashem changed because of Shalom. Amazing. You see, Shalom, Shalom is the winner. We see it elsewhere by, right, we see, we see by Aharon, Exactly. As I'll tell us, Aharon, how did he make shalom between people? He would tell somebody, you know, Shimon, the guy loves you, he's killing himself. Why are you not talking to each other? He feels so terrible. Meanwhile, Shimon could care less. He tells Reuben, Shimon really misses you, you have no idea. This Reuben says, yeah, really? Wow. You, you, what, what did he say? What did he say? He goes to Shimon, tells him, my Reuben is killing himself, you have no idea. He wants to get back to you. All of a sudden, he brings them together or another version like that. You don't have to follow exactly that script. But the idea is that he made things up to bring people to be Shalom. So you see that when Shalom goes against Emet, Shalom wins. So, so there are more proofs. It says by, by the brothers of Yosef, when their father died in Mitzrayim, they got scared that maybe Yosef was going to now take some sort of revenge against them. They told him, oh, you know, your father, 
before he uh, passed away, he tziva, he commanded, tell this to Yosef, forgive your brothers. He says, and don't, don't take any action against them. Yosef cried when they spoke to him that way. But Hazal tell us there were no such conversations between Yaakov and, and, and his boys. They changed because of Shalom. They changed it. She knew the davar mipenea Shalom. Why? I mean, Yaakov never suspected that Yosef would do that to begin with. So you see Shalom outweighs Emet. Now don't take this uh, in your own hand and start uh, walking into your house and just making up all kinds of stories. I'm really in that business. I never. I'm, I don't really travel. I don't. Okay, yeah, that's not what it's made for. Okay, you have to, don't, even though you have a good, you have a gun in your hand, but you have to know who to shoot at. You have to know how to do it. Fine. All of this was a preparation for something in the parasha today. It'll take a few minutes and then we're finished. We find in the creation of the world that we're going to read tomorrow in Bereshit, every day of the creation, if you look, you'll see Kitov, Hashem says it's good. First day, third day, fourth, fifth, sixth. The only day you won't see it is on the second day. On the second day, if you look, there's no tov. Absent. Happens to be that on the third day, it says it twice. Kitov, that's why some people like Tuesdays. Because it's got Kitov twice. But Monday got Jip. Monday, there's no Kitov. Hazal asked, why, why is there no Kitov on Monday? What happened on Monday? How come it's not good? How come it's not perfect? The word Tov means perfect. Why is that perfect? Oh, so they tell us, no, no, no. On Monday, there was a separation. The opposite of Shalom. Shalom means complete. The opposite of shalom is to separate. There was a separation on the second day. It says over there, if you look, it says, Vayomer Elohim It seems as the world was all full of water. And Hashem says there should be a rakia, some sort of creation that God made. And this creation will separate Ben Maim Lamaim. I mean the waters will no longer be together. So there's going to be a separation between the water above the rakia and the water below the rakia. So now the water was separated. Since the waters were separated from each other, that's called separation. It's a lack of shalom. You can't say kitov. He had to do it, uh, but it's not tov. Oh, beautiful. So that's what the Hazal say. But there's an obvious question on that. And, and some of the Haronim asked this question. They said, one second. There was a separation on day one, before day two. If you look on day one, it says, Vayar Elohim et ha'or kitov. After Hashem made light, Hashem saw the light. And he says, wow, it's good. Vayavdel Elohim ben ha'or u ben Hashem separated between light and dark. So there was a separation before the second day. It's on the first day. How come there it gets Kitov? What happened to the fact that it's not good to separate? 
So I saw once a beautiful answer that's so, this answer is not just beautiful in that it answers a question, but you live with this answer. This is a type of answer that you live with it every day of your life. An answer that stays with you because so many things ride on this answer. He says, there's a very big difference between the first and the second day. The first day was a separation between or, or is light, or is emet. Darkness, like we said the other day, sheken. Separation between light and darkness? That's good. That's tov. Shalom with good and bad is destructive. In that scenario, you don't say shalom over emet. Shalom can't be above the truth when the discussion is good and bad. You know what we find that? An example by Yishmael. Sarah told Abraham, it's time for him to separate. We can't leave Yishmael here. He's disturbing Yitzhak. He is destroying his future. Now that's against Shalom, to let your children separate from each other. And Abraham says, no, Shalom, I can't. He has to stay here. Sarah says, no, no, he has to leave. That's not the emet. Hashem decided, only Hashem could decide this. Hashem told Abraham, listen to her. Which means that in that situation, the emet was above the shalom. So when it comes to emet and sheker, you could compromise the emet for sheker, for shalom, but not when it comes to or and sheker. To or and darkness, when, it, when it's about standing up for the right things or against evil, there's no shalom with evil. You don't make shalom with evil. Evil, you have to separate from. Evil, you have to destroy. There's no way to sit with a guy to make shalom and the other side is evil. The second day, it was an innocent, it was water. It was water that was together. Now the water has to separate. Fine, we have to separate them. But there's no kitov when you're separating things that are alike. But when you're separating good from bad, when you have to fight darkness, there's no shalom with darkness. In that case, emet wins. For example, sometimes a rabbi is asked to compromise. It's another example. This, this can be examples with Hamas, imashemam. There's no shalom with evil. You can't make shalom with evil people. There's no such thing. If you can, you got to destroy that. If you can't, you got to figure out how to do it. There's no shalom with evil. That's an example of that. Another example is in our daily lives. For example, as a rabbi, sometimes you're asked to compromise. People say, you know, I, let's, let's, let's not follow that. Well, hold on. You know, because if we follow that, there's not going to be shalom. There's going to be uh, people going to start fighting. Hold on, hold on. The emet of the Torah is not in my hands to sacrifice it. And by the way, the goal of life isn't shalom. The goal of life is emet. Shalom, if you notice, Hazal call it a keli. It's called a vessel. Why do they call it a vessel? 
Hashem didn't find a vessel like Shalom. Why vessel? A vessel is never the purpose. When you have vessels in your house, they're not the purpose. When you have a plate, the plate is not the purpose. The purpose is the food that you eat from it. The purpose is not Shalom. Shalom is the vessel that can get you to emit. The whole purpose of Shalom is to get to the emit. That's why you need that vessel. But obviously, if you're going to sacrifice the emit, then you can't give up. The sh- you can't give, you, co- you can't go into Shalom and lose the emit because the whole purpose of Shalom is to get to the emit. Sometimes when, like the stories we gave by Sarah, that was a temporary, that wasn't risking the, the, the truth of what life's supposed to be. Sometimes for a moment, you can stretch something and it'll bring you back to the emet. That's fine. But you can't sacrifice the emet for shalom. Emet is the ultimate goal of living life. If you have no emet, what's your shalom going to help you? Where is your shalom taking you? Emet is the ultimate good. Shalom could take you there. But if shalom is going to take away the emet, it's not going to lead you to a life of light and emet, then there's no way that you will put shalom ahead. So the answer is it depends. It depends what's at stake. If emet is what's at stake, emet means real life, real purpose, if that's at stake, like Yitzhak, the life of Yitzhak, is it going to be a life of emet or a life of sheken? At that point, we don't say shalom. Let's make shalom between the brothers. We don't do that. At that point, we have to separate because we need to get to the emet. Where the emet, a, a real emet, is not at stake, then we're able to twist the shalom for truth in order to get to the ultimate emet.